news. Don't do it. Their sympathies will evolve into pity and resentment. Right next to disdain and dislike, these emotions aren't good for your business relationships, nor will they advance your career. They'll diminish your persona, and could crash and burn your career. Be big, be formidable, be inspiring, be unrelenting. These will get you to the corner office. Nineteen. I deliver on my promises. I get the job done right and on time, no matter how many things go wrong or what's thrown in my way. I depend on my subordinates to get their work done. My coworkers and my boss depend on me. Excuses, valid or made up, produce scorn, not sympathy. And scorn is the last thing I need from my colleagues or my boss. I want them to believe, know, and trust that they can depend on me. That I deliver on my promises, especially when things go wrong, when deadlines loom. Only when I'm hooked up to a life support system in a hospital will I call in and say, "I'm sorry, I can't finish my work. My life is kind of touch and go." No one is interested in why the work wasn't done. They have their own problems. They don't want to be burdened with yours. So, buckle down and get the work done right and on time. Show guts under pressure. Never try to slip and slide out of your responsibilities. Subordinates lose confidence in you. Colleagues resent it. Bosses hate it, and they'll hammer you for it. Twenty. I don't whine, and I don't complain. What's the point of whining or complaining? None. We have work to do. There's no upside. There's a huge downside. Nothing usually changes. It annoys people. It makes you look small. The last thing I want to do is annoy people I work with or my boss, especially my boss. Instead, I want to dazzle them. I want to inspire them with my competence, optimism, and perseverance. What I whine or complain about might not be a big deal to people. When they hear me whine and complain, they'll think I'm petty, thin-skinned, or just plain not tough enough to handle my life. My job and the pressures that come with them. I'm definitely tough enough to handle my job or any job that comes along, and I don't talk about my life. Besides, I don't want to be known as a whiner. Your colleagues and boss have their own complaints. They don't really want to hear yours. People say to you, "If something's bothering you, I want to hear about it." They don't mean it, so don't bother them with your problems. Nothing good is going to come out of it. Work hard, persist, and wait until you're the boss. Then, change things to your liking. Twenty-one. I've got a good sense of timing. I've the patience and discipline to wait for the right time to initiate things, to change things, or to ask for things. By wait, I don't mean endlessly, because I'm decisive, but. Only until the time is right. I know time is short, and I'm not the only one waiting to act. The success or failure of my last project, my company's latest quarterly report, or even my boss's mood can make the difference between a yes or a no, a go or no go on a project, or even my promotion or firing. I always want people to say yes to me, and I certainly don't want to get fired. So, I thread the time needle. Carefully.
Nearly every human venture is based on feeling and perception. Yes, even business decisions. You have to time your needs and requests to cater to and optimize your boss's feelings and perceptions. There are no shortcuts, no easy ways around him, and you can't bull your way through him. Remember, he pays you, and only he can say yes or no to you. Twenty-two. I keep my mouth shut. I'm not a newsmonger. I don't talk about our company goings on with outsiders or even some insiders. Outsiders shouldn't know what's going on inside our company, and some insiders have no business knowing. So, I keep my mouth shut. Information is like water; it finds its way to all the wrong places. I want people around me to know they can trust me with information, especially the valuable kind: job openings, financial data. New products, sales forecasts. Since information is a source of power and a tool of advancement, I want to get my hands on as much of it as I can. I never spill my guts to anyone—not my subordinates, not my colleagues, not my boss. And I tell people not to whisper me rumors or gossip either. Everyone wants details, secrets, and company dirt. Don't give it to them. You never know what they'll do with it, or what their agenda is. Politics and shenanigans make good conversation too, but it's always at somebody's expense. Don't make conversation at somebody's, especially a colleague's or a boss's, any boss's expense. Don't do it. People talk, words get around, you get nailed. Twenty-three. I speak the truth. I know what they say about the amorality of business. I don't believe it, but morality aside, there's credibility. Nothing in business has as much value and is as fleeting. I want to be credible. I want to be believed. I want to be trusted. When I'm credible, believable, and trustworthy, I have authority. And power derives from authority. That's why truth is my touchstone of work. These might sound old-fashioned. Well, yes, they're old-fashioned. They're also good. That's why they've lasted so long. Time-tested American values are my everlasting standards. The currency of any business, inside or outside your company, with suppliers and customers, is credibility. To maintain and enhance the value of this currency, tell the truth, even when someone might not like it. Nothing will debase this currency or your credibility faster and more thoroughly than a lie. Twenty-four. I turn out good work. I also innovate, but I'm not a perfectionist. I do all the big and small things right. Nothing gets by me. People are always looking for flaws. I don't give them a chance, and I don't cut corners because I'm proud of my work. What I turn out says a lot about me, my subordinates, my colleagues, my boss, my company. It also says I value my customers, and I fear their wrath. They're brutal nowadays. A couple of missteps, and they'll walk. Their suppliers everywhere. Customers want quality. I demand that of myself and my colleagues, coworkers, and subordinates alike. 
Pursuit of perfection sometimes brings on paralysis, which is a business death wish. Instead, spend time and money innovating. Then get the job done right, well and on time, and always the first time. Doing things over again costs your company time and money. Bosses hate spending money they could have saved had things been done right the first time. Twenty-five. I get along with my coworkers. I make myself get along with my boss. I'm on a team with a mission: to work hard, to turn out good work, and to turn a profit. Nitpicking, squabbling, quarreling, and hard feelings wreck the team and don't turn out profit. Bosses are interested in the production of profit. Not much else matters to them. I know I'm right most of the time, but my coworkers don't have to agree with me nor applaud me. Now about getting along with my boss, I always get along with my boss. Most of the time we get along because I turn out good work and get things done the way he wants them done. The rest of the time we get along because I work for him. He signs my paycheck, and I make myself get along with him. Your boss doesn't like petty squabbling employees. It's not productive. It doesn't look good, especially to his boss, and he won't look like he's in charge. Your boss doesn't like hostile, backstabbing know-it-alls either. He does want to hear what you have to say, but he doesn't want to be contradicted, especially in front of your coworkers or his boss. Something extra. Always surprise people with something extra. Give them something more than what they expected. So. Here's one more thing to say to the interviewer to get the job you want. Twenty-six. I listen. Some people only hear. I listen, because what my subordinates, my colleagues, or my boss say matters to them. Therefore, it matters to me. I might use their contribution, or they might want me to do something. Either way, I listen. I acknowledge. I respond. This is how business gets done. People like and want to be heard. We think what we have to say has meaning and consequence, and bosses think so more than others. I indulge them, and I expect reciprocity, nothing less. Clear and precise speech, acknowledged and responded to, lubricates life and business. Perk up your ears and listen to your boss. Commands, demands, and dressdowns manage your company, and keep him in the corner office. Listen to what he says, and listen to what he doesn't say, and never say, "I misunderstood" or "I thought you said such and such." Your boss, colleagues, and even your subordinates will think you weren't listening, or worse, you aren't smart enough. Don't give them ammunition. Thank you. Thank you for reading this book. You're eager, hardworking, and ambitious. You want to get past life's gatekeepers so you can work, contribute, and flourish. And now you know what it takes. Take these 26 real-life attributes, real-life lessons to heart. They'll enhance your career and enrich your life. We promise. Thank you again. This concludes the reading of. Twenty-five things to say to the interviewer to get the job you want. Being qualified isn't enough. By Dexter Hawk.
Copyright 2004 by Dexter Hawk. This unabridged recording was published by arrangement with Gerard Aknouni and was produced in 2005 by Blackstone Audiobooks Incorporated, which holds the copyright. Neither this recording nor any portion of it may be reproduced or used for any purpose without prior written authorization from Blackstone Audiobooks. This book was read by Lloyd James. If you would like to obtain a complete catalog of our titles or our monthly update telling you about new releases and our new collection of books on CD and MP3 CD, call 1-800 Say Book. That's 1-800-729-2665. You may also obtain the same information from our award-winning website. Our address, all one word, is www.blackstoneaudio.com. Thank you.